Hey, 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 y'all. It's Rona with Road Trip to Wellness here with you for another episode here on the Road Trip to Wellness podcast. Welcome back. It's been a minute. Um, I will say that I've been busy, yes, uh, and we'll talk about it here a little bit more, uh, but not as you would think I have been busy. We'll, like I said, we'll discuss that a little bit more, um, but hope you guys are doing well. Um, I will start off by saying I am struggling, um, so that's what I mean when I say I have been working because I have been working, but it's been a lot of spiritual work. But just to let y'all know, like for real, spiritual work is no joke, which is probably why a lot of people (laughs) don't want to do it. Um, But I'm telling you, to really um, discover who you are, to know who you are, you have to go really deep. And that's what spiritual work is is really about. It's really using this nighttime to, and using these dark times, and you may have heard it called dark night of the soul. You can hear it called, you know, several different things. Um, I don't feel like that's what's happening right now for me. I just feel like um, this is another level of spiritual work um, as I'm studying and it's calling me to go a little deeper. Not like I haven't already gone really, really deep. It's like, it's a lot. Um, but this is not, this is not glamorous. It's not, sometimes it's not fun. Um, as you see, I'm waking up at one, two, three o'clock in the morning. My sleep schedule is all over the place. But I can certainly tell you that it's made me um, a better person. It's made me more aware um, of myself and my actions and my words. Um, It's given me a deeper connection, uh, not just to God. When I say connection, Um, but also to my ancestors. Like nobody had ever talked to me about Uh, calling on my ancestors for help or for answers or and I'm telling you your ancestors are there they're just waiting for you literally waiting for you to ask they've been waiting all this time to help you who would know better how to navigate the landscape than your ancestors they came before you right So anyways, I don't want to get into all of that now, but um, I'll definitely do an episode on African traditional religions um, and what I have, what I'm learning um, and what I have learned so far. I definitely, I'm only at the tip of the iceberg. There's so much to know. But um, yeah, the spiritual work is, it's no joke. I am a, I don't know exactly how to say it, a spiritual teacher. Uh, a spiritual guide. I am currently studying uh, religion and spirituality. Uh, And um, I have decided, uh, because I'm coming to the end, the last couple months, the last two months really, of 
my studies with the Natural Wellness Academy um, as a spiritual wellness specialist uh, and a mindfulness and meditation teacher. I've already received that certification. But the next steps in my spiritual work will be to study more African traditional religions. And so I'm very, very, very excited about that. Many of you know that I come from a family of, um, and I've talked about this before on my podcast, and if you go back and listen to um, the podcast in season one on spirituality with my friend Tolvi Patterson, who is a minister, um... I share a lot of that, uh, my family history, um, but just, yeah, I come from a long line of preachers, elders. My grandfather was an elder. My father is an elder. Yep, I'm a preacher's kid. (laughs) I am a PK to the fullest, and um, religion has always been in my face. Sometimes my face has been smashed in it when I didn't want it to be. Uh, but I can say it gave me a phenomenal foundation, uh, for the work that I was going to be doing now. Had no idea back then, of course, uh, but I grew up with revivals in our homes, um, us going to churches and other people's revivals or not really revivals, but just meetings. Uh, we held those meetings at our house, um, sometimes during the week, sometimes on the weekend, where people were praying and laying hands on people, uh, all different types of things, speaking in tongues. And uh, I knew from a very young age that that we call it, Black people, we call it the calling, you know. And so I knew I had been called, uh, but just the way it was being presented to me, I was like, I'm not doing that. And I would pretend that I didn't feel that or hear that. Things really resonated with me sometimes when I was in those meetings um, or at church. But just the way information was presented wasn't appealing to me and it didn't resonate with me. Uh, And so I guess I just had to find my own way, you know. And so here I am in 2021 studying spirituality, which cracks me up um, and being excited about studying it. Uh, but with the understanding that I have been called to do things in a different way. Uh, and I know that I have been called and I get a little choked up and emotional when I say it because I know I have been called to share with black people our roots in spirituality Um, And again, African traditional religions, or sometimes as it's called also traditional African religions, you'll see it in um, information or in text as ATRs or as TARs, traditional African religions, African traditional religions. And this really talks about the religion and spirituality works of African-American people, Black people, before Christianity entered our lives. Uh, and I'll get into a little bit more of that um, in just a little bit. But yeah, um, just wanted to talk a little bit about that and let you know what I have been doing and where I'm headed. Yeah, so today we are going to talk about that, but we're also going to talk about, oh my gosh, daylight saving times, you guys, has been total and complete ch-ooh-ooh-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah
Wow. First of all, I'm in Indiana. And when I first moved uh, here to this city that I am in, Indianapolis in Indiana, um, the capital of Indiana, I came from a small town in southern Indiana. Uh, and we did move our clocks back there. But I came to Indianapolis in 96, 97. And I believe at that time, we were not moving our clocks back or we did. And then a couple of years later, we stopped. And so for a few years, we did not change our times. Everybody around us did, but we always stayed the same here. And I get the reason behind daylight saving times for farmers and having more daylight, et cetera, et cetera. But when I tell you this year, it has had a profound effect on me. I mean, wow, like I struggle to get up in the morning right now. And I think we just did our switch mid-November, I believe. We did the, the fall back, I believe, um, or the we jumped forward. I can't remember which one it was, but we have shorter days now, meaning our days get dark at like, like a few days ago, it was at 5.17. 5.17 p.m. in the afternoon. Yeah, afternoon. That has like, I mean, I can't even explain to you the effect that it's had on my body, uh, on my sleep patterns, on my mood, because you get up in the morning, if you're getting up at six or seven o'clock in the morning, it's dark. If you leave your home to go to work, by the time you get off work or by the time you get home, it's dark again. So there's a, not a lot of daylight to really be able to enjoy, for me, I say enjoy <clears throat> the day because I already feel like it's coming to a close when it gets dark because for whatever reason, that's how my body and my mind works. Like it's time to shut things down as it begins to get dark. Things we begin to wind, really wind down and I'm winding down really early and I have changed my, my sleep schedule to go to bed earlier, uh, but it's still been really, really, really difficult for me. Um, and I did read an article by a gentleman um, on daylight savings time and how it's it was just profoundly affecting him also. Uh, and it just talked about a little bit about um, the effects that it has on the body and what it, you know, just what it does to you. Um, so yeah, it's just been, it's been a lot. Needless to say, it really, really has been. And I know I said that it's trash. Um, and again, <laughs> I do think it, you know, it has a place, but I'm struggling with it. I really, really am. I'm really struggling with it. But what I am trying to do with it is really figure out how I can use the dark or the night to my advantage. And as a person that does spiritual work, there really is a place for um, the night in your spiritual work. And so um, I'm just trying to move through that and see what I can do to navigate it better and things like that. 
but it really has. It's been really hard. So the article that I was talking about um, is by Bassam Nader. Uh, I think he is a writer for the Indie Star here in Indianapolis. And I remember when a couple weeks ago when Daylight Saves Time was coming out, this article came past my newsfeed. And he has some strong language in his article. Um, and he is vehemently against it. Um, but he was saying that Daylight Savings Time is not helpful. One reason I think about it, A, is I used to work for the YMCA. My career started really early at the Y, working with the Y um, in Southern Indiana. Uh, but when I moved here to Indianapolis and I was doing some work um, in after school programs, uh, if it's getting dark at 5.17 p.m. and you have kids who are staying in after school programs and they're getting on the after school bus and we're sending them home in the dark, those kids are not always let off right in front of their homes. Rarely does a bus let a child off right in front of their home. Think about that. Every kid on the bus get let, gets let off on their street or right in front of their home. No, it typically does not work like that. Typically, they get let off at a specific stop and then they have to walk who knows how far or how long to get home. And so what I was noticing my in the summertime Parents, of course, wanted their kids to be in the after-school programs, but I had many, many parents once daylight savings time hit and we fell back with our time, they would pull them out of the program. And the program that I was working on specifically years ago was with students. It was an enrichment program coupled with a reading program. And so these students had low reading scores and they needed to come to get help with their reading. So we would help them with their reading. We would help them with their just homework in general to get that done before they got home. And then we would have enrichment activities for the last hour. Um, just, you know, a stimulation, giving them some physical movement, et cetera, et cetera. But our numbers dropped drastically during daylight savings time because of where kids were being let off. Parents did not want their kids to be let off. I mean, they were dropping elementary school kids off in the dark, two and three blocks from their house, which is insanity. I don't even know how, as a driver, how I would feel comfortable even doing that. Uh, but that's, that is really something that I saw um, that really affected my program. Um, but I understood where the parents were coming from. What, what, were, what were they supposed to do? That was dangerous. And also in this article, um, Mr. Nader shares that the annual springtime spike in car accidents, heart attacks, and other ill effects due to the daylight saving time change are well documented, not to mention potential da danger that morning darkness can bring to children, school children at bus stops the farming industry, and the lost productivity of early morning commuters. So it also says, add that to the reduction in quality of life that affects those of us who are morning people. 
and who have been deprived of early morning light most of the year since daylight saving time was enacted in Indiana. And that's true for me. I love getting up early in the morning. I actually had a regiment when I was doing really good with it where um, that's when I would get up and do my spiritual work. Um, anytime between 4 and 6 a.m. And typically by 5, 5.30, if I was up and getting moving around, um, those, you know, it was already starting to get light. Um, and of course, by 6 o'clock, it was light. And I was really able to get moving. But when it's not getting light until 8 o'clock in the morning, that's really, really, really hard. And I've literally been having to peel myself out of bed, but there's like a heaviness over me when I'm waking up. Um, and so I have a couple theories about what could potentially be happening at that time uh, because I feel like my feet hurt too. I've woken up in the middle of the night and just laying there, I can feel the soles of my feet are aching. So I'm like, am I like walking a lot in my dreams or something? Or like, am I running? Like what is happening? I rarely remember my dreams. Um, Sometimes I'll start get going during the day and I'll say, oh, you know what? Something will trigger a memory um, from my dream. And I'm like, you know what? I did dream about that. I talked to or I saw so-and-so. Uh, but yeah, I was just thinking that that I have no idea what um, could be happening during that time. Uh, but yeah, it's just really been a struggle for me. I've really been trying to work with it. Um, as much as possible. But this is the 15th year that we've been observing daylight savings time, which sounds about right because I have been here in India almost 25 years. And when I tell you, I knew like for the first few years I was here that we didn't do, we didn't change our clocks. Um, and I can certainly, for whatever reason, this year tell an extreme difference. Um and how it's affecting my body. So um, if you're struggling with daylight savings time, do your best to, you know, try to find a way to utilize it to your advantage, which is what I am doing. Uh, and so that's something that I wanted to talk about. Um, how to, you know, use the night and really what the night really means for you, um, during, you know, in spirituality, in your spiritual work, et cetera, et cetera. And so typically in winter, we know, um, like I said, that the days are shorter and the nights are much, much longer. And so I have, like I said, just learned to um, seem to have forgotten at this, forgotten this year. Um, but like I said, it's daylight savings time has had a different effect on me this year. I don't know what that's about, um, but I've had other people. Um, another one of my friends was just visiting um, a couple of days ago. She was over and she said the same thing. She's like, oh my God, it's like killing me. Like it's really, really hard. But I am really trying to redirect myself and really utilize winter 
and the night, which are typically synonymous, you know, um, and, and really, like I said, use them to my advantage. And so, um, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's been difficult, but I'm moving through it. I'm, I'm moving through it. Uh, but coming soon is, um, I've talked about this before, I think is the winter solstice and, um, the winter solstice happens every year on December 21st um, here in the Northern Hemisphere. And again, it's the longest night of the year and the shortest day of the year, which means it's going to get dark even before 517. <laughs> like I said before, but what, think about that. What happens in the winter? What happens in the winter? Of course, things are darker. Um, this is a time where plants, trees, like in the fall, things have begun to fall off of the trees. The leaves are falling off the trees. Like everything, like our plant, my, the plants in my home, I always have friends say that, what am I supposed to do about my plants? Everything goes dormant. It is a time for rest. I'm going to say that again. Everything is slowing down and it is a time for us to rest and not only rest, but to go inward and reflect, okay? And I talked about this a little bit in a social media post on Instagram a couple weeks ago as well. Uh, but that's really, really um, the biggest thing and the biggest advice I can give you is use it to your advantage. If your body is calling you to rest more, rest more. I mean, I'm struggling with that. Um, but I'm learning that I have to just move with the natural rhythms of my body. I just have to, there's nothing I can do about that. Um, and, and you have to ask yourself, you know, why do we fight so much against the darkness? You know, why, why do we fight so much against the night? Um, you know how kids, they never want to go to bed. They never, because ever again, everything slows down. And a lot of times what happens with people too is, when your body slows down and you're um, beginning to move into rest, think about that when you're getting ready to go to bed. What happens with people? Their minds start racing. Things start popping up. You start thinking about what you have to do tomorrow. Um, you start making lists. I used to do that. I had a notebook beside my bed and I would just wake up and write <laughs> and then lay back down. And then something else would come and I wake up and I'd write again and I'd lay back down. So it really, really interrupts your sleep patterns. But if you can really um, find a way, like I said, to use it to your advantage and really just try to work with it, um, it can be helpful. When you begin to have those triggers that come up when you're sleeping uh, or things begin to wake you up, like for the last few nights, I've been, like last night I woke up at, or this morning I woke up at 1.49 a.m. Um, and I came, I was downstairs on my couch and I came to bed, but it was so difficult for me to get back to sleep. And that's been happening a lot, you know, over the last few weeks. So after a few weeks, well, I shouldn't say a few weeks, maybe two weeks. And so you would think with me being on this journey for quite some time, now that I would say, you know, hey, Rona, but I've been fighting it. 
And a lot of times that's the problem too. Don't resist what is happening. It's happening. It is happening. If you are struggling to get up in the morning, um, you have to find a way to redirect that. What do I need to do? Like I said, maybe I do need to just sleep for a few more hours to allow my body the rest and relaxation that it needs because I had that window of time where I was woken up from like 149. I think the last time I looked at my clock, it was like five something. So four hours I spent. But what did I do during that four time that four hours? Well, I put in some headphones and I turned on YouTube to You Are Creators, who was Justin Perry is one of my favorite folks for affirmations. And I listened to um, Wealth and Prosperity Affirmations. And it's like a three-hour um, recording. And he's just repeating these affirmations over and over and over again. So that is being dropped into my subconscious as I am trying to rest. Okay? So that may be something that may be helpful for you to do. Think about ways that you can do this, to use this to your advantage. Uh, can you switch up your sleep schedule and maybe go to bed a little bit earlier? And so maybe you are in bed by 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock. And if you are woken up, you know, a few hours later, um, you've had some time to have a little bit of rest. Um, you're able to wake up and get some things done that you need to get done. And I will say that a couple of days ago, um, when I was doing my daily card pulls, um, I typically use the Making Magic Oracle by Priestess Moon. And um, a friend gifted me the Cosmic Slumber Tarot. Um, I'm not super good at tarot cards. Um, I don't know if I have the gift of tarot reading, which is fine, um, which is fine. I just really use it as a guide. I typically do daily pulls. But what I got a couple of days ago, the first card that came out was the Knight. And I'm going to read that card. I'm going to read that to you. Um, and... It was just really, really interesting how that showed up um, and how I think it's really significant to what is going on with me right now. And so the night card, um, it's a really beautiful card. It has, um, of course, the nighttime all around you. There's someone, there's some water down there. But the card says, the night comes when you need it most. It is a place for you to sink into and escape. The long day is coming to an end, but the night allows you to extend it, to draw the time out. While everyone else sleeps, you will work. Use the night to its fullest. The moon slows down the clock for you, so you may have the time you need to face the problems ahead. Isn't that so interesting? It stuck out to me when it said, while everyone else sleeps, you will work. Because <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't want to be working at night. I want to be asleep. And I'm telling you what, my God, my spirit guides, the ancestors, everybody is like, girl, you're going to have to get up and create a new regiment. And so that's what I'm going to be working on. Um, this week is just really allowing myself to utilize the dark to my advantage. Um, is that a time where I should be working? 
um, instead of using the day to do all of my work when I'm tired and I don't feel like it and I'm very unmotivated. That's another thing. I've been very unmotivated during the day, which tells me that this card is probably right. I probably do need to use the night to get the work done because obviously that's where I'm going to find my answers, right? By going within, using that darkness to really, really connect with myself and seek and find um, the answers that are within. So here's some information that I'm looking at. It's saying that the winter, in the winter, everything lies dormant in the earth and it is a sacred time of rest and reflection before the awakening and of course, spring brings brighter days, right? Um, but as we know, and as I've shared, it's the winter comes with the energy of going within. Um, we are looking for new ways that we can emerge. Maybe we need to go to our work and really reimagine it um, or recreate it, Um one thing I, I really would suggest, though, is just allowing our body, and we've gotten so far away from this um, over time and in our lifetime, with um, working with the natural rhythms of this world, you know, using nature's rhythms um, and nature's cycles, meaning winter, spring, summer, fall. Um, utilizing nature to our advantage. Our ancestors didn't have anything else to use, you guys. They didn't have freaking Google. They didn't have freaking Pinterest. They didn't have Instagram. There was no Kajabi or teachable teaching portals where people could jump into and pay pal or Apple pay and all that shit in order to learn and get information they had to rely, A, on God, and they really had to rely on each other and their own inner knowing to figure out what the heck can I do? What can I do at this time? And that's how many things were created. You know, they were using the dark to their advantage, but it's just a great time to... Use the dark and use the night to rest and reflect and get still, get still, get still, okay? Use this time to get still. There's so much going on in the world around us, uh, so many distractions that will pull us from focusing on ourselves and our own spiritual development and growth. Uh, and we have to be very cognizant of that uh, and just really um, try to work through these situations, you know? And so um, one thing that I thought about last year, I was going to do it and I need to research it a little bit more. It's just, you know, kind of some rituals that we can do in the winter. Um, uh, I looked at 
the Advent Spiral. I was very excited about that last year um, and had the opportunity during the spring to experience a labyrinth at a wellness retreat that I took for myself. Um, but the Advent Spiral is just what it says. It's a spiral and you use... You can create it anywhere. Anybody can create one of these. And a lot of people use pine needles, um, the garland, from like the evergreen garlands or the pine garlands. My friend in Louisville decorates her house and she has these long, 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 long um, green garlands, you know, fresh green garlands that she gets to put on her outdoor uh, porches, her front and her back porches. Um but um, you can use those, take a couple of those, maybe one if you want to make it smaller or get a couple and make it a really big spiral. Um, so it's just a winding end and you create a pathway so you can walk. It needs to be wide enough so you can walk um, inside the spiral. But as the spiral gets smaller and smaller as it's going in, it is really representative of you going inward. And so this path is lit typically with candles. And um, I do believe it, it's, I'm, I'm not sure exactly. I can't remember exactly where it comes from. Um, but it's really, like I said, just representative of you going inward. And so we are following the light that is on the path. And typically, like I said, it's lit with candles um, all the way up through the spiral. And there may be a table or some people use tree stumps and they may have flowers and things like that. Or people can just sit offerings um, representative of their walk on that spiral on the inside. And once they walk in, Winding into that spiral, they get to the center and we typically walk really, really slow because remember, as we're going inward, this is a time of reflection, right? It's a time for us to reflect. So as you're walking in your Advent spiral, you are reflecting, you are thinking about all that is to come, maybe some things that you need to renew or recreate or refresh. Um, maybe you're thinking about letting some things go in this new year that's coming. Um, but you leave that in the middle of the spiral and then you walk slowly your way back out. Because remember, we're not going to stay here forever, right? Spring is going to eventually come. The days will get longer, the nights will get shorter, and then we'll be tasked with using the sun to our advantage. But right now, we should be using the winter and the night to our advantage and just really, really, really trying to go inward. <sighs> yeah, does that resonate with anybody? Hopefully so, hopefully so. And again, the Advent Spiral isn't something that you have to do. Whatever ritual you create for yourself or whatever tradition, you may already have a family tradition for the wintertime um, as you're moving up to, um, as we're moving closer to winter. I'm so excited it says 1122 on my phone. Um, 
studying numerology and numbers and the significance of the combinations and things like that. So I always get really excited when I see number combinations like that. Um, but yeah, don't, don't pressure yourself, you know, to make changes or do something. Um, just let, you know, let the inspirations build in you, um, and reflect and allow your new ideas to come in spring when it's time to release all of these things, you know, you'll be ready. You'll be ready. And then by summer, you'll be ready for the harvest, right? Um, and it should be a joyful occasion and you'll be ready for next year. You know, you'll know what to do. So hopefully this has helped you. Um, you can tell I haven't been here um, in a while because I feel like I'm all over the place with um, my conversation um, and my talk. Uh, but before we go, I did want to talk a little bit about Duke Ellington and um, a song that he did called Come Sunday. Well, first I will say, Come Sunday is the last part of a suite of three compositions that Duke Ellington did on the history of the Negro. Uh, Come Sunday was sang later on by the mm, 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 amazing Mahalia Jackson, but the other two parts, and I probably won't play Come Sunday. Well, I will because I just love Mahalia Jackson. But part one was called Work Song, and it's part of his Black, Brown, and Beige uh, composition, um, which, and each song was one, the first song was Work Song. The second suite was called Light. And then the third was called Come Sunday. And again, it is his compositional narration of the American Negro's history. And so um, he's talking about the struggles of black people in America, you know, from its early starts. Uh, and so we are going to take a little listen. And, and the reason I, I brought this up is I was looking for songs that really um, brought up you know, or made me think about the night and work song, um, just with its droning on and on, um, just really makes you think of, you know, how hard the work can be sometimes in the dark, you know? Uh, and then, like I said, the second part is the light. And so hopefully we're moving out of it, you know? And then comes Sunday with the beautiful um, Mahalia Jackson. So I'm going to play a piece for you on called Spiritual Work Song by Duke Ellington. And then I'll play a little bit because, I, like I said, I love Mahalia Jackson just a little bit on Come Sunday. is followed immediately by a development that shows a very close relationship between the spiritual 
Isn't that beautiful? So that was part of his anthology in 1946. Uh, just a beautiful work by Duke Ellington. Uh, but like I said, I just was needing some, some music uh, to really help me move through this space. And for whatever reason, uh, I felt like that was... Um, that was what I needed, yeah? Uh, so I'm now going to play Come Sunday for You uh, by Mahalia Jackson, which is the last part of uh, the third part of the suite with the Duke Ellington. Peace. 
Wow. First of all, gets me emotional. But again, like I said, not to hold you too long, but I just wanted to offer you some encouragement. If you're having trouble sleeping, um, if you feel like you're being awakened in the middle of the night and, you know, during this interesting time of the year um, where it's dark for a large part of our day, really use this time to do the inner work. This is the part that people don't want to do. And I'm telling you, there is power in that space. That's where you learn about you. You can reflect on things that happened over the year. 2021, 2020 was interesting. 2021 was super fast and even more interesting. And I can't imagine that 2022 is going to be any different. I think it's going to be great, but you have the opportunity now to do the work to make it even greater than what you imagined that it could be by going inward, reflecting, using the night to your advantage, and using the cycles of nature, you know, like winter, spring, summer, fall. What do we use in the winter? What elements do we use in the winter? Because it's cold. Fire. How do you use the element of fire to help you create change? What does fire do? Fire burns things away, right? It can remove things. It can get rid of a lot of stuff. It can be destructive, but it can also be a beautiful thing for us to use uh, to our advantage, especially at this time. So I love you guys so much. I really hope that was helpful. It was an interesting um, reintroduction to me getting back into my podcasting after being gone for a couple months. But um, yeah, hopefully daylight savings time will be a little better to you over the next couple months. Hopefully you'll use this time to go in inward and hopefully you'll do something to honor the winter solstice uh, that's coming up on December 21st. You can use that time. I think, I'm not sure what exactly, um, what time the um, the winter solstice happens, but you can download an app called The Moon. Um, you can just, again, Google it and figure out exactly when the winter solstice begins, at what time. And I think I've read or researched somewhere where you can use like 15 minutes before that time and 15 minutes after that window of time right there uh, to really uh, tap in to what it is that you want to um, do. And so um, I hope, again, this has been helpful. I love you guys very much. And I'm going to let you go on out with a little more Mahalia Jackson and Duke Ellington come Sunday. Take care.
yesterday Call. 